Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we rate and review movie trilogies and decide which films live would go nicely with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> Joining me today... I'm Jane Gum. And it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the holes again. <laughs> and I'm Luke Morgan. And alright, I'm rubbing it in. I'm rubbing it in the skin. <laughs> I get that. I get that reference. He puts the Joe dirt in the hole. <laughs> I've got to say, we've we've tried this intro three times, and that's the best one so far. So it's going to be one of those podcasts. Of course, we're doing the uh, the uh, Anthony Hopkins Hannibal trilogy. Boys, only one other time in this podcast history have I been like, why the hell haven't I watched this movie before now? And that was with The Godfather. But I've got to say, mm. these movies, one of these movies takes that title that's again. That's how you feel I, after Hannibal. Wow, no, <laughs> no, we'll get to it. I feel like that after one of these movies. I had, I don't know, I'd never watched any of these movies before and I had a really good time with a couple of them. I um, I really, really enjoyed my time. Makes me interested in seeing the, the TV series. I'm really glad I picked this trilogy. Boys, Conan, what's your experience with Hannibal? So, yeah, I um, Silence of the Lambs has kind of been like a, a ghost, like a, a cannibalistic serial killer haunting my dreams. Because I remember when I was really young, my brother had a poster with that, um, you know, with the death's head moth making the, or the making Covering the skull. The face. That's, mm. Yeah, that symbol, and it's like it's a take on a picture, and they're actually humans. They're actually naked people. They're not. Um, it's all really weird if you look into the detail. But anyway, yeah. that really famous picture that everyone knows. My brother had a poster of that. So, you know, as long as I can remember, I knew that this film was a thing, and I knew that it was important. But I didn't see it until I was a teenager. Enjoyed it. Wasn't blown away. Um, but then really got into the series, loved the the NBC show, and then hadn't seen the other two um, because the, yeah, I don't know we I don't know if we're talking about, but there's like actually five Hannibal films technically, mm. but I hadn't seen any of the others except Silence, and so rewatching that and watching the other two this time, Silence of the Lambs is a classic for a reason. Holy crap! Yep. And I'm I'm really glad I've seen the other two. Like watching Anthony Hopkins do his stuff is. Is really good, mm. Luke. Yeah, so I um, it's kind of funny. I had a similar story with Conan. Actually, my brother had the poster of Hannibal, um, of Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon. Um, it was that Red Dragon and uh, the poster for Scarface. I just associate those with. When, when does your brother get out of prison for killing all those people again? <laughs> uh 2036 can't wait um so like i was kind of just yeah scared of this imagery from a child and never watched any of these films before this week um i had so seven years ago now i watched the hannibal show um i'm not much into horror um i was like oh god oh well i keep hearing about this hannibal show so i'll watch it because it's got mads mickelson in it and he's my boy so i watched that loved that show creeped me out i've never done a rewatch of it or anything like that but always thought it was a really good show um and yeah like like you said growing up one of these films is definitely um like it's there's a reason it's so famous you know it's it's such a good film um and it's a classic uh one of these films i think is pretty bad um another one i i enjoyed more than i thought it would as well uh but yeah, no, these films are great, and Anthony Hopkins is amazing as this character for most of these films. Like the trilogy, really die, lives and dies on him, right? 
if if yeah. he was anything less. And the same goes for the the series. If um, Matt Nicholson was anything less, yeah, like Hannibal Lecter is totally the the heart and soul. And so if you really need like a good actor to bring this home, and Hopkins is probably the perfect one for this. Like just he's kind of got that sort of frailty because he's a bit older and he's short and he's um you know he's not physically imposing, but he's just got this mm-hmm. unassuming, but yeah. But just the way he plays it and just his voice and his mannerisms and his diction, like, and he I really, like, yeah, you can feel the psychopathy in him. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's perfect casting. And I feel like, especially in silence, like there's just this tension the whole movie, anytime he's around or like it's a scene, just building up to meeting him for the first time feels very tense. Um, and then you feel like anytime, like, you know, he's in a room, like what's going to happen here? Yeah. I feel like that does kind of lose its thing as the movies go on, but we'll get into that. But I'm definitely keen to rewatch the Hannibal show after these movies and get more into the Hannibal universe. I'll play the Hannibal, Hannibal game and all that sort of stuff. We'll get into it. But Is he a, is he a similar character in the show? Because it, it surprised me. Like He's almost Shakespearean, like, and then he just turns on a dime and he's like, you know, eating eating dudes' faces. It's just... I, I don't remember it like that. I remember him as much more just this charming sort of... Yeah, it's like meticulous, um, calculated mm. person. But I, I, I'd have to rewatch it again. The timelines are weird because in this he's obviously much older, <clears throat> whereas in the show he's a lot younger. Like he's, mm. I think Mads Mikkelsen probably in his forties, and he definitely feels younger in the show. Um, and yeah, it doesn't have that same sense. Like it, it does dabble in it in certain parts, but it doesn't have that same sense of yeah. Like at one at one moment he's smiling and he's charming, and the next one he's. <laughs> Yeah, he butts through your throat, sort of thing. He's got it. It's a different sort of, um, yeah, like uh, charisma and control. And uns- the unsettling horror in the show is a lot different to this. It's a lot more of this um, sort of psychological, uh, just weirdness. There's a lot of weirdness in it. So, they're, but they're right. two interesting interpretations of the character, which is good. I, th- I think it benefits from not having the exact same character being trying to like be replayed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, often that's the worst way to do it, right? Just try and imitate what came before, and imitation's really as good as the the original, right? Yeah. All right, should we get into some stats? Yes. Stats, 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 stats. Silence of the Lambs. $20 million budget, made $270 million worldwide, uh, an 85 Metacritic score. Hannibal, $87 million budget, $350 million worldwide box office, 57 on Metacritic. Red Dragon, $78 million budget, $206 million worldwide box office, 60 Metacritic. A whole three points between Hannibal and Red Dragon. I don't think that's accurate. I don't agree with that either, but <laughs> well, I suppose hey, we'll get there. With, yeah, okay, I want to know which... I want to know how the split goes. Rotten Tomatoes goes 92% for Silence, I believe, and then 40% for Hannibal and 60% for Red Dragon. Yeah, I feel like that's too steep. That's too steep. Why uh, lean more on that side? But... I think I said, I don't know. I, you guys obviously hate Hannibal a lot more, but yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. A young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. Yes. What a great what a great plot for a show. I mean, obviously it's based on a book um that was very popular, but 
Hannibal, he's such an like, as we've said, I mean, he's just such an interesting character. That first time you meet him, that yeah, you know that <laughs> he's what's what's the uh, guy next to him in the cell next to him? Migs. Migs has that that great line about being able to smell her <laughs> genitals and <laughs> and then Hannibal's really dis- disarming, oh right? He's like, no, no, my sense of smell's not that strong, you know, but I can smell your perfume. He's, you know, he's quite charming and. Mm. Just, I don't know, but the, the creepiness, it's just, it's palpable. It really is. Like, Jonathan Denny, as filmmaker, right? I have, I don't know if I've seen any of his other stuff, really, but... No, I was, I was looking at, at him today, and I know nothing about what this guy has done, other than I, this I, movie. I think, yeah, he did Philadelphia, which is another big one. Yeah, mm. okay. And um, I think a lot of, you know, he was big, sort of, like, his filmography was predominantly in the 70s and 80s. Up into the and then up into the nineties, so I think he was sort of before our time a little bit. But like watching this movie, I'm like, man, I'm glad it won the big five Oscars, and I'm so glad he won best director because it just the way he captures tension, the way he captures just an unsettling sort of unease throughout everything. Like yeah. from the opening scene, right from her running, it's just got some of those amazing scenes. Like she gets in the elevator and she's like a solid two feet shorter than everyone. Yeah. She's only, she's in grey. They're all in red. They're all guys. She's one girl. I'm like, these tiny little moments like that just say so much, and it's really brilliant. Um, see so yeah, the 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 walk up leading to Hector to Lecter, where you see the chair in the distance, and she's walking past everybody. And she's this slow, slow, slow build, and then yeah, it yeah. reveals him there. Anthony Hopkins watching with a bit of a smirk. It's like you could have done something, tried to go for really cheap, creepy, mm. or you could have gone for just too nice. But it's just this. It's the perfect blend of. I'm like, oh, how psychopaths work. Like, they charm you, but they would eat your face. And then they eat you. (laughs) Yeah. No, um, Howard Howard Shaw does the score for the film um, from Lord of the Rings fame. Um, I think, like, that's the thing. The build-up to meeting him I thought was really well done. You have all these people. The guy who I've – what's his name? He's like the warden of that prison. Um, The real jerk dude. Yeah. Uh, Chilton, yeah, who I was just like, is this Jim Carrey in a prosthetic mask? Like some of his mannerisms remind me of Jim Carrey. Don't know why. <laughs> but, um, you know, he builds up this whole thing of like, oh, last time we let him out, like he bit the nurse's face off like within a second. Mm. And it just has this whole thing of building it up. Everyone else in that block is like insane and they're doing weird stuff, you know, old Migs. But um, bodily fluids at people. Bodily fluids everywhere like monkeys. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, there's something about him where he's like, the mo- like he reads her like a book, you know. He's just like, just from a smell and just like, like he can pick up, you know, her past and all this sort of stuff. And it's it's super fascinating. Jack Nicholson, like like I said before, he's this unassuming figure when you first see him. He's just like, you know, oh look, like there's my granddad. Like, oh no, Hopkins, yeah. granddad yeah. eats me. <laughs> like it's like he's a bit messed up, but um. Yeah, no, it totally deserved the praise it got. Yeah, and um, I think it's such a clever thing for a film to do, right? Like we see it all the time when movies have too many antagonists. It's kind of the big problem in a lot of superhero films now where they have three or four enemies. But having like having Lecter as the, the second character and kind of like the main antagonist, but not actually having him as that, having Buffalo Bill as this like mm. yeah. actual narrative antagonist, it's such a fascinating thing and... I thought of the first time I saw it and watching it again, I was just, I was really in awe of it. 
But that's such a brilliant choice and it works so well. And it makes, like this movie runs for two hours, but it is so tight. It is such a, like, it doesn't feel like a second is wasted. It doesn't feel like there's ever anything, any filler or anything sort of to stretch out. It's like, no, they've they've actually trimmed down a three-hour film almost to this. And by having sort of these moments with Buffalo Bill, watching him do it and then having this other antagonistic relationship with Hannibal, it's ingenious, just like having these three main characters. And um, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it's like we're talking about in, impersonation of things. It's so hard to do because most movies and shows don't do this, but when they do it right, it's amazing. Like, that's the thing. It's so weird to think. I always sort of had this thing with this film that, oh, well, Anthony Hopkins is like the antagonist. It's about cat catching the the cannibal, you know? Like, it's all about this thing. Um I didn't even realize this whole time that like I knew so much stuff from this film from Joe Dirt and Buffalo Bill, <laughs> Buffalo Bob from that. I was just like, oh my God, this character's in this. That's where this, all these references I've known from my childhood are from. Yeah. Everything makes much more sense now. But um, yeah. there was a run on The Simpsons where I think Mr. Burns was Hannibal Lecter for about six or seven episodes. <laughs> they did that a lot. Yeah, you know, they wheel him, wheel him out on a trolley. That's the thing. And like, just even that, like the mask is like iconic, you know, just mm. him in the trolley with that mask on. Yep. You can't get better horror imagery than that. No. Um, Hannibal convinces Miggs to kill himself by biting on his tongue and swallowing, choking on his own tongue. Impressive. It's such but, a great, again, such a great thing because we don't see it. And like, no. they, they do a good job with Hannibal, right? Where you see bits and pieces of him with Clarice, but you don't ne- you don't ever see enough of him to be like, oh, this is how he works. You just know mm. that he's smart and you see enough that he can catch her a bit. But then we hear it's like Miggs is dead because he's such an incredibly like smart guy that he can convince him to kill tongued devil. Like just... and like, yeah, and like that would be impossible to put on film and make believable. Mm. But it's yeah. so good just having it as this comment and it's like, oh, crap. Okay. I've seen a bit of what he can do with Clarice, but this is the extent he can go. So it's just that great sort of show, don't tell. Or, and in this way, it's kind of tell, don't show, but that actually Worth shows more. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I love it. Yeah, it, um, you almost, like, it takes a while for it, for it to sink in how, like, he almost doesn't feel like the antagonist for, for the first part of the movie. Like, mm. obviously, he's, you know, he's not giving up all the information, but he almost, he's almost, you know, defensive of Clarice by... I mean, obviously, he kills this man, Migs, but yep. you know, there's almost, I don't know. It just he doesn't feel like a bad guy. And then there's those couple of scenes where he he attacks the two guards. I think early on, like he pulls them through the, um, like at the. Well, that's when he makes Wait, his escape. Escapes, no, no, before the escape, he attacks two people, doesn't he? When they come, they come into his cell. Anyway, there's there's just a couple of scenes where you see like just how truly violent and aggressive he is, and that's yeah. where it's like, oh, holy shit, this guy like he's he's real, he's bad news, right? But before that, he's like so charming, and so smart, like smart, the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, uh, it's, he's just a really interesting an- antagonist, I guess. Yeah, and having him is um, I see having him with Clarice, and he's like he's like say he's sort of defensive her, mm. where he's like I, I hate impolite people. Um, it kind of it becomes like a, a weird anti-hero in a way, where you yeah. kind of like you kind of like that he's killing the psychopath, and it's that 
it's that classic dilemma, right? We like I like seeing this um incredibly charismatic dude do things that I I know I can't do. Yeah. Yeah. But he's killing bad people and he's um he's just so suave that it's kind of exciting. But yeah, the other thing you're like, oh no way, he eats faces and he um, yeah. he just attacks a nurse for no reason. He wears she's... faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. It's, uh... I um uh, I really like the the story of like um when she goes into the whole story about like the slaughter of the lambs. You know, and he's like asking about, like, I almost expect him to be like, "Is there the silence of the lambs?" <laughs> so we're like, "Oh, there's the movie title." But we don't get that, <laughs> luckily. But um, yeah, that whole story. But like, the whole thing with um him meeting the senator as well, like when you know he basically he did you breastfeed your child? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The nipples tough, you, doesn't it? It's <laughs> weird. It just yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of like, a lot of just that weird stuff. He has that great tendency. He pisses people off, and then when they walk away, he's like yells yeah. out at them, and he's like, "Okay, here's what you need to know." It's yeah, like, it's like a petulant child, but it's he's, like you're too smart, so I can't I can't hate you. He almost like he knows he's he knows he's got this. He's so far like he's so far above them, but he's got so much uh, stuff that they need that he can like just piss them off to the point where they want to go away and still yeah. bring them back in, draw them back with with his information, with his smarts. And that's the game he likes, right? He it's all just a big game that's like a power trip. He enjoys just antagonizing. Um something that I noticed as well, I think, in this in this rewatch is that adds to sort of the the unease and the dread is like Demi does this really fascinating thing with perspective. Mm. And where there's this constant so many moments of people talking to the camera, right? Yeah. Like they they mention this a lot in the rewatchables, which um I don't know, clarifies a lot, but they have those scenes where it says Hopkins is talking straight at you and then yeah. it cuts back and you see Clarice and she it's like she's talking at you. And so there's just this really great, this constant use of that. And like they do it a little bit later with um, Bill when he's got his night vision, but it's most, for the most part, it's from these characters. And you just sort of constantly feel the unease by seeing it through her eyes, right? Like she's talking to Hopkins and we feel like we are also getting intimidated by him. Mm. it just does this phenomenal job same when she enters the room and we see her walking towards the chair and so you are constantly feeling like you're you're her you're this vulnerable woman in a man's world a little out of your depth but you want to get to the bottom of it and for the most part you know you can't do that you can't look at the camera that's rule number one but again like this rule is broken to such incredible success it creates this feeling that you don't notice but it's like I don't know it's it's a masterclass thing Mm. Because yeah, it's so subtle, but it really adds to the dread of it all. I mean, definitely, like it definitely stands out. It's one of the first things I wrote down. Like, oh, they have Skyrim dialogue in this movie. Like, <laughs> but it, like it feels weird at first, but it, you're right. Like, it gets, I don't know. It, it feels it feels like you're there in the room with the character, and they're talking to you. And it, yeah, it's, it's 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 fascinating. It's a fascinating technique. I'm surprised we don't see more of it, honestly. Yeah, and again, I guess it's just it's the thing that if it's not handled perfectly perfectly yeah and I, I, mean, I was looking for it in the other two films and there's a few moments in red dragon where ratner tries to do it but then he just can't help but it's sort of still put it over the shoulder and i'm like it's, it loses all impact yeah and you re- like i don't know there are a few moments where i'm like i think he's trying to get the same effect it goes that fallout four route yeah kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they, they change too much just like this. and um, yeah. yeah you got to commit to it um what did you guys think of the breakout when he breaks out? I um, I, I should have saw it coming. I I didn't expect the face thing. I was just like, oh, until like the last second, I was like, wait a minute, 
I was like, oh, what's it? And then just him pulling the little, like this, the skin mm. off. I'm just like, oh, God, that's messed up. We don't see enough face wearings anymore in media. <laughs> no. Like back in the day, we used to have leather face wearing faces. And then we face had off. face off. Exactly. <laughs> the classics. Why does no one wear faces anymore? All right. Well, Game of Thrones did it. They yeah, were but it was very lame. accurate looking faces. Yes, exactly. And then they that became weird the scene, person. That weird scene where they're like, no, I want to see like people slicing skin off and wearing it like a suit. It's that whole scene, like that that scene, the elevator thing. It's so good. Yeah. Holy crap! Seeing that, seeing that cop like strung up on the on the cell. Ugh. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's like I'm man. He's such bad news. Like this is this is he, like horrifyingly brutal. What is he got mean? a pen? He got yeah. a pen, and <laughs> this is what happens. There's yeah. dudes dead everywhere, um, ripped apart, faces missing. Like it's just, yeah, it's um, the whole thing with the elevator. I was like, what's? I was like, oh, he's on top of the elevator. I was just like, I was so fooled by it the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> at the start. I was like, I was like, that's weird. That dude on the ground. I was like, that looks like Anthony Hopkins' hair. Mm. And it's, I was like, but his face is all messed up. I just thought he's had all these little bite marks on his face. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what it goes for. He's got like, it looks like he's just been sliced, which he has. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just, yep. yeah, you're supposed to believe in the moment. Did you guys yeah. get taken aback by the violence, or were you expecting it to be as violent as this? Or because yeah, it's pretty definitely... shocking. This this one best picture, like a film that is kind of horrifying and gory, right? Mm. Like definitely that scene. I was like, holy crap like this is really ta- not taking a turn but like it's really dialed up this you know this character and this violence like it yeah that definitely took me back a bit yeah um i don't know i don't i think i don't know these days kind of look so desensitized to violence. desensitized i don't know i i feel like i saw worse stuff in the hannibal show maybe i don't i don't know if i remember but the stuff you, in that, that did, scared yeah. me um so this and because i got my brother had this post. I was just, I've been scared of this movie for 20 years. I was just like, oh, it wasn't so bad. But um, <laughs> there's definitely scenes where it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. But nothing really shocked me or anything. But like, I guess if you look at it with Oscar nominees, it would probably be up there with, if not most brutal. But I don't. Yeah, I, I guess it just, because I knew that it had won Best Picture and just surprised me watching it again. I'm like, this movie is pretty horrifying like it's mm. it's disturbing subject matter and there are it's not like r-rated gore fest but there is a there are moments like this that are pretty intense and like it always just wows me that i'm like wow they people saw past this you know this would be this wasn't the end of like nah it's too gory we can't have that they um because like, I, I don't ex- i don't expect it in a best picture winner right i, I expect it to no. be a bit safer and to have yeah. these sort of moments i'm like kudos it works really but, well that's the thing like buffalo bill is just as creepy as well i feel like like the whole thing is just skinning and making this suit it's just like every time like you get glimpses in his dungeon it's just like oh this is this is messed up and like when she's walking around that dungeon is creepy man like every room seems to get worse it's like my nightmare of a place i've walked through it's just like oh man look at this and just like obviously he has the night vision goggles as well Mm, um but yeah it's just Creepy, creepy, creepy dungeon lair, and that woman in the in the bottom well doesn't shut up. I'm like, God, you're gonna give her away? Just shush. <laughs> I, I understand. It's probably a pretty, pretty scary scenario to be in. But I say so. 
Yeah. When she starts screaming, though, she's like, don't leave me in here, you bitch, to Clarice. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah just stop. Like, Pick your words a bit better. <laughs> I love that she tried to get the dog down and she just threatened to kill the dog and he's like yeah. freaking out. I was like, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. Smart. That's what you would want to do. It's smart. Do what you can How, to survive. How'd you feel about the tuck dance? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's definitely a moment. Like, uh, oh. so it shows his instability. I don't know. It's 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 kind of funny, I guess. I, I, it's so good it's such a great moment it's so creepy I've been listening to that song mm. Goodbye Horses like on loop for the past couple of days <laughs> it's, a, it's a real it's actually a really good song and have I'm, you also I'm, been dancing I'm thinking about transforming but do you, it, do you uh, say that stuff as well let's <laughs> get in the mirror yeah um, but it's just it's just one of those weird moments where it's really creepy and unsettling but it kind of again it provides this entire insight into him right like this is where he's at. This is kind of the wacky stuff that's happening right now. Mm. You know, dude's going off the deep end. We'll see what happens. But it's just, I don't know, three minutes, but it's really effective. It doesn't, I don't, it's just a really good way of like not trying to show, he never has to talk to anyone and be like, oh, I feel like I'm losing it. Like we could compare it to Red Dragon where there's a lot more like, he kind of talks to himself or he's trying to, he's trying to explain to you what's happening. He's like, this is why I'm transforming. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, no, this guy's going off the deep end and look at him now. He's he's playing this music and he's doing this dance and it's like, I'm just, it's weird as shit. So, obviously, with Buffalo Bill, this is kind of like a subject matter that this movie couldn't exist today. Like this character, at least. Potentially, be yeah. villainized in this I knew you'd bring this up. No, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's because it is kind of like, it's jarring to this whole thing that, Back then, it was, you know, this really taboo thing that's like, mm. he's very weird. And like, you know, they paint this this thing as he's going through this thing and obviously he takes it a lot further and he's skinning people. But, you know, like for people these days, they don't need to skin people. It's like this movie can't exist today. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just it's interesting time capsule. But yeah. They make a pretty good point, I think. Of t- like twice explaining quite clearly, he's like it's not because like they use the word transvestite. He's like it's not because of that. Yeah, like, no, that's that's not why he's doing. Because Clarice even says like they've like no, they've they've proven that that is in no way related to insanity or something. And then yeah. later on, Lecter says again, he's like he's not doing this for that reason. He's doing it because he's I can't remember what he says, but they but they make it pretty clear. It's like that's not why. This is his misguided. Like he's 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 insane and he's going crazy and this is how he thinks he manifests. He fixes that. it, mm. yeah. but for, that, for sure it's, it would be tumultuous to like navigate that now. There's much more politics. Could be to so it. much harder. Yeah, that, that's yeah. all I mean. Like I don't feel like this movie does necessarily a bad job. Where it was jarring to be like, oh, that's bad that they're doing it this way or talking about it this way. I feel like they, you know, navigated it quite well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I guess I wonder if that's why we haven't seen a remake yet. Like we were talking about before, we've seen Clarice has come out, but that's dealing intentionally with Clarice before this event. So I do mm. wonder if part of it's like it's too tricky to deal with the Buffalo Bill thing now, and they're just like, let's not bother. It could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you just rewrite the character. It's weird though. Like if you make him part of any minority, he's gonna he's gonna make them look bad. Like I don't know. Can you only make him a cis white male? Is that the only way to do it that's okay now? Don't yeah. know. We're not here to litigate <laughs> these things, I suppose. It's hard. It's 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 a hard thing to navigate. Yeah. 
How did you guys feel about Jodie Foster's performance? Obviously, she won Best Actress for this. She did. I think she did a great job of like coming across as a uh, like a head like a headstrong cadet who's you know really trying to prove herself, but obviously is incredibly naive as well and you know a little bit in over her head going like going to buffalo bill's house and just letting herself in and <laughs> yeah not calling know. for backup and just could have, could like... have handled that a bit better yeah um i i think she's she's great like the whole thing about this as well like they're dealing with the whole thing of her being a woman in this world like i feel feel like that's this constant thing throughout like she gets stares from people gets yeah. comments from people there's the awkward scene in the the funeral home like just like a room full of douchebags like mm, just mm. like oh who's this woman here um yeah. but she's very headstrong especially for when this film came out like you know she's a great strong female lead um in the film yeah has flaws and everything like that but like we'll get into it with the next one but why did they recast her like uh, yeah, it bothers me so much but <laughs> apparently there's a scheduling conflict but maybe she knew it but was just, just don't just do it there <laughs> like i just i don't I mean, know yeah, it is we'll weird. It is weird to follow up to follow up an Academy Award winning performance with, with what we got. But they, they um, yeah. recast everyone else as well, so it's almost like yeah, it's like this. It's this weird surreal interpretation. I think Jodie Foster is the perfect choice for this role. She's her as an actress. She's always had this like, she's like she's not conventionally sort of like supermodel gorgeous. No. And she's definitely like she's not ugly by any means, but she's always had this kind of like earthy, almost like Midwest country girl vibe to her, where it's like she's very plain. She's a very ordinary looking. She's just a very she could easily be a girl next door, but there's something just about her. So having her as Clarice is fascinating because it's not like I don't I don't know who was who else was a huge actress in the nineties. Um, so I heard the suggestions today, Michelle Pfeiffer, who is. You know, one of the one of the most gorgeous women alive at the time. Like, yeah, I don't know. I go. think that's an interesting choice. But yeah, you're right to to play a girl who's come, you know, who's come from the country as part of her character, um, with a yeah, bad and accent. I, and I think just having someone like Michelle Pfeiffer, having someone who's just really attractive, it kind of creates a different dynamic. Where it's like, well, yeah, that's why everyone's looking at it because she's really hot. And yep. then you know, it adds that whole subtext of, oh, well, she's fighting against to prove that she's not just a beautiful woman. But by having her, I think by having Jodie Foster, it's like, it's not that she's a beautiful one, it's just that she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, like when I watch them, it's almost like she's actually not remarkable at all. But because of that, it just adds to this sort of level of the misogyny and the, the disregard they have for her because they're like, she's just, it's a woman, period. It's not that she's super hot and we're all trying to bang her. It's just the, the, the gaze, like the male gaze in this film isn't because she's sexy, it's because she's a she's different. And mm-hmm. that I think mm-hmm. is so much more interesting than like, Oh look, she's a supermodel, so we're all going to look at her. I'm like, no, no, she's really not. You shouldn't look at her for any reason except the fact that she's a woman, and that's kind of why everyone's caught off guard. And that's and her accent is that's... perfect. Like her weird, hokey, not quite country, not quite city. It's I love it. That that's the thing. Like the scene with like the stairs and everything like that. I never got the impression that it's like they're like you know hoga or anything like that. They're sort of it's sort of like a disdain. Like they're looking at her like you Ooh. don't belong here. Like what this is the man's world? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which paints that message a lot stronger for what she was facing. Just yeah. that, uh, oh, we spoke about it, but that that scene as she's she's making her way to the her um like the the head guy's office, and she's just so much smaller and shorter than everyone. Like Ooh, she's yeah. a tiny person compared to those yeah. guys. Yeah, 
And yeah. Yeah, straight away, you know, okay, if she ever gets in a physical altercation, she's yeah. probably screwed, right? Yeah. And so that just adds that tension to, okay, this could go bad. And, and the thing, Edible's short and he's still taller than, he's still sort of his. Yeah. yeah. They do a great job with both of them. Like neither of them are conventional in their roles, but they're all, it's, you know, it's always the ones you least suspect. They didn't. They didn't recast Barney. No, the Wire alumni. He's the one constant. A few, <laughs> a few, the Wire alumni. In yeah, Valchek shows up. Oh, yeah, loved I like, it. I kind of love these films. I, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, you know, quite screaming to myself, like, "Holy crap!" Is <laughs> hmm. right. there anything else we want to add about Silence of the Lambs? Um, I, I like the line. I'm having an old friend for dinner. A good, it's a good way to end the movie. He has a good few. He has a few good final lines. We'll get to them as well, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. All right, Hannibal, two thousand one, living in exile. Doctor Hannibal Lecter tries to reconnect with now disgraced agent Clarice Starling and finds himself a target for revenge from a powerful victim. Barry Oldman is dope as Mason Verger. Holy crap! He I mean, is... Gary Oldman is dope, dope at everything he does. Gary Oldman's amazing. Um, Mason Verger is creepy. Oh, a so f man, so good. Yeah. Pigs are creepy. Hey, like <laughs> I just, I remember from the Hannibal show, like just being like, oh, I just don't like pigs anymore, like at all. Like they just they creep me out. This whole thing, but I remember like the the Mason Verger in this movie is a lot more deformed than in the show, and I like that. I think it's great. I actually think that's the one thing the show didn't do as good is that they um they made yeah. him. St- like a lot more ordinary looking, whereas in this he's a fucking mess. He's, he's barely recognizable. Like he's not recognizable as Gary Oldman, in my opinion. No. Like I had to look up who it was because I yeah. totally had no idea. Yeah, he's, yeah. It's it, you kind of like. I just love actors who. It's like when Colin Farrell was the Penguin. It's like you yeah. can't tell at all, but he brings yeah. a. And like and Mason Verger could be just the most comical nonsense, but um, even when Oldman they like him. show him when he was younger. Like before it, you mm. you still don't even be. You're not like, oh, Gary Oldman. Like it's these like hazy like sort of mm. things of him. Like it's because really Scott uses that terrible motion blur. In <laughs> yeah. Why is that in this movie? Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he should. Do, I don't know. He's a this well-respected is, actor, but this I did not like this movie. This movie has one of the biggest creative teams behind it, so it's got. Really, it's got directing. Steve Zalen is the main writer. Now he wrote; he's written a bunch of good stuff. Um, David Mamet, the famous playwright, he's the other co-writer. So they've got like these two huge dudes. Then you've got Hans Zimmer doing the music. You've got which a is cast. great. I do like Hans good, Zimmer's yeah. track in this. Yeah. You've got a cast that's like freaking out the wazoo: Hopkins, Julian Moore, Gary Oldman, Ray Liotta, um, Mathis from Casino Royale. Yeah. How did it go so wrong? What happened? <laughs> Dude, I still, like, her being recast, I feel like just starts the movie with a sour taste because it really does. Especially when you watch them. Like, I can't imagine watching this. What It was like 10 years, wasn't it, after it, Silence it was, of the Lambs? Yeah, 10 years yeah. direct. Yeah. Exactly. Like, just, just to be like, and the, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I never get the same thing with Julian Moore as I did with, um, uh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Like, the chemistry isn't there between her and Hannibal. Like, to have such two of these two performances in the first film and then to go to this with a completely different character, 
it just automatically takes the winds out of sails for the, the movie. And at the very start, I was just like, oh. And then, like, you know, five minutes in, we have this big shootout scene and yep. a person with an Uzi with a baby strapped to them <laughs> in slow motion shooting an Uzi. And I was just like, oh, no. I was like, this is where it all went wrong. But I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of, in all these movies, there's a lot of, like, evil stuff that happens. And I really like it for that. Like, there's things that happen that are just gross and evil. And that's mm. one of them, right? Like, coming out with a baby as a human shield. I'm like, that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you don't see that. I'm like, that's, that's really, I admire them for doing that. I admire them for just having these choices that even though that shootout's pretty dumb, I'm like, oh, that's just a really evil Especially idea. Because, like, everyone is like, you know, abort the plan, abort the plan. And then one dude's just like, nope, too bad. Boom, boom, boom. And all goes out. And then she gets the blame for it. It's just this, like, ah, it's so. The politics of this like police organization is so frustrating in this film, but obviously that's the point of it as well. But it's just, yeah, it's it's a, re- yeah. It's a really frustrating way to start this movie. I think like that, that feels like a trope in storytelling where it's like, oh, we don't want our good guy to to be that flawed, so we're going to make someone else do the bad thing, but it's going to be pinned onto the good guy, mm, and it just yeah. it it feels like a weak way to to start this movie. Like. For sure. What were they expecting her to do? She was being shot at with an Uzi. <laughs> like, I, know, she, like, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. Her, her, I, I was like cringing at her hosing down the baby too. I'm just like, oh, I, I can imagine cleaning my baby with that cold water, and she would be screaming her head off. It's, uh, it's like she's washing dishes. She's just <laughs> like hosing it down. It's like uh, that's messed up. Like, yeah, mm. a poor baby is going to have a lot of traumatic core memories. <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's it's weird I feel like Ridley Scott like I said Griner very famous director made some of the best films ever like incredibly important career he's made a lot of duds too so he's not he has it's weird like he's not up and down he's not he's not the like the director that's made only good films he's made a lot of shit too yeah, and yeah. I think that's, you know, he makes like a film a year, sometimes two or three. Mm. So I think that's kind of why he just likes to make movies, period. But this is the kind of film that it feels like he would have, he should have brought an interesting flair to, but I just don't think he cared about. This is like his off film for the year, I guess. Yeah. Because there doesn't seem to be anything here that's interesting. It doesn't seem to be like, there doesn't seem to be any insight or idea. Or like with Silence, there's a clear understanding of, okay, there's a, you know, I'm creating this sense of tension, this unease the yeah. gaze and what that means to be looked at and to look at evil. In this, it's like, he's just a very direct recording of what is kind of like a weird um, half action film, half like, I don't even really know how you describe the Italian stuff. It's really boring. Yeah. This, really this movie really like meanders and doesn't, it doesn't feel yeah. like it has much of a point. And I, yeah. I think that's what I disliked about it the most. Like there's no, the other two films in this trilogy have like a very clear, here's the antagonist. There's also the antagonist in Hannibal, but he's kind of, you know, you're intrigued by him and sometimes you're even cheering for him. And then you've got the good guy and this movie, I don't know, like the good guy even is kind of blurry in a lot of it. Like, but there's just no, there's no antagonist. Like, what, what's his name? Vasher or whatever his name is. He doesn't feel Mason like Verger. He doesn't, he doesn't really feel like a bad guy. He doesn't feel like much of a threat for most of the film. No, he's, no yeah, because he's, yeah, because part of it, you're like, yeah, get your revenge, man. This dude yeah. messed you up. Like, like, first of all, what drugs did he do to be able to have Hannibal convince him to cut his own face off and feed the dogs? Well, happily, it, happen- <laughs> it happens later again with Ray Liotta, right? <laughs> he's just like, 
He's just uh, starts feeding him his brain. It's like, yeah. what are you giving him, man? Oh man, yeah, we'll get into that soon. But yeah, the whole the whole France subplot thing it feels like this weird diversion where it's not like she's going to paris to track him down and like he's joining up with this cop this is all in italy you're in the wrong country man (laughs) oh i know europe's a small place (laughs) i'm stupid um you know but like it's not like she's going over there and helping this cop and it's this thing that i thought it would be it's just like she's calling with advice over the phone and they're not listening to her it's just like yeah, yeah. and then he just comes back anyway and then it's, we're now chasing him around here again it's just yeah I don't know I feel, I feel like it, it does that frustrating thing there's got to be a name for it we talked about it with Pirates of the Caribbean we talked about it with other films I'm sure where it makes a side character the main character almost or at least a like a point of view character and by having by having Lecter as kind of like we follow him around we see what he's doing and everything even though it's still told through the the lens of the Italian policeman it doesn't yeah. feel like it. It feels like we're just following Lecter himself, and it's really kind of like trying to get us on his side. And that's a weird yeah. thing to do because I don't think we should ever be on his side. We never. It's an unwise choice to be like, "Here, let me, let's follow him and see things." It's like, no, we, what we should be doing is being charmed by him from the other side. Yeah, we should never be like hanging out and be like, "Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to be a cannibal doctor." And it kind of wastes a lot of time doing that. It's like here's him living life. It's like we shouldn't. I don't want that. I want him as like the madman who people consult with. That's where these stories yep. get their juice from. And yeah, I think that's probably why it meanders so much because who cares about seeing him read Italian poetry? I don't want to see him wander around Italy in a big hat. Oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> uh, man, that um, that pickpocket was the least subtle pickpocket I've ever seen in my life. No, rubbish. Rubbish. He's like knocking stuff over, like hunting him down, like staring at him. I'm just like, oh man, this is... Not going to end well at all. Nah. I was like, I thought this is what you were good at. Like, he busted you doing this stuff because you were good at, like, swin- <laughs> you know, swiping stuff on people. He's just uh, hopeless. That's why, that's why he got caught, isn't it? He, he should have known when he, when he could co- catch him by the cop. He should have been like, no, nah, he's going to die. This cop just leaves him there to bleed out, <laughs> go wash his hands. How is Virgil so rich? Did he, just, did he just have that much money while he was not, you know, confined to a bed and now... I he's think there is. I think there's more in the books. I think it is explained a bit, but it's like he's just one of one of those massive like dynasty families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, old wealth. Because because he's it's explained he has a sister in the books and in the TV show, and I think it explains a bit more about that politics where it's like he's just from this very old money family, and so it's just you know he's the ultimate. And that's why like he's a, he's always been like a bit of a sadist himself. Mm. That's why he's so like. Yeah, we're meant to see him as kind of a villain in a way, because he was he was like he was like Lecter, but he got caught by Lecter, and so now he's this mess. But yeah, because that is a damn castle he lives in, <laughs> like a huge, huge castle, man. That's like royal family sort of stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, he finally does what I've always hoped: this useless crime lord just gets pushed over. But he's like, does like you could just push a bit and say, "I did it." He just does it. It's not a his, bad moment. His butler, though, man, turns on him so quickly. Yeah. He's just like, he's just like, you could kill him, you know. He's just like, yeah, pushes him. Yeah, he's like, him. Off. he's just like, yeah, you know, I could commit murder, <laughs> brutal murder, and have this guy be eaten by pigs. I mean, at that point, you've been with him through all this crap. It's like you're already dirty. Oh, I'll do the same. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
But still, it's it's, it's just funny because you never really see him be that nasty to that dude. It's not no, like he, he treats always... him like horrible or anything like that. It's just mm. he's actually always been really nice to him. Yeah, he's like, oh, thank <laughs> you. What could I do without you? Oh God, <laughs> pushing him. He's <laughs> like, ah, I'm free. I'm free. Um. How do, why does she get something in the mail that's like the Guinness Book of Records for having the most kills as a woman in the FBI? I, no, I wrote that down too. What is, is Guinness giving hell? out that award? There's just no way. There's just no way. Gee, oh, it's just such a, I don't know. It's a str- it's such a strange thing to put in this movie. Like it, it feels yeah. really weird. Yeah. She's like, oh, great. Look, I'm in the Guinness Book of Records for killing the most people <laughs> as a woman. <laughs> I, get, uh, I think it's it's just it reeks of that lazy like. Remember, she's a woman, and there was a we explored yeah. that in silence. She's yeah, out, mm. she's an outcast, and there's a eh, it's just really shoehorned in. And like they play with that again. Like Ray Liotta's whole character is kind of to just be creepy in this, right? Like he's leering at her, he's making yeah. passes at her. Yeah, it's it's inferred that he's kind of holding her back in some way because she resisted his passes and stuff. Like his whole role is to just remind us that. She suffers for being a woman in a man's world. Yeah. But it's just so so lazy and like, ham fisted. Yeah, ham fisted. There's just no subtlety or nuance to it. Yeah. That as a result, you get scenes like that. <laughs> it's like you're in the Guinness Book of Records for being a woman, apparently. Whatever. <laughs> um I do like the scene with Hannibal where he, he's putting on the gloves and I'm like, oh, he's totally gonna kill this guy. And he just goes to pick up the suitcases because he he knows about the fingerprints and he's just like, oh, these are as heavy as bodies. It's like ah, <laughs> good one, Hannibal. Uh, he's still got his great dialogue, and like even though this movie is very ordinary, Hopkins is still you know top of his game. Um, got a, made a made a lot of money in making this film, so kudos to him. So like, okay, he's yeah. Yes. Can we? So okay, I feel like Hannibal as a character gets a bit camp in this film. Some I, evidence. I don't think he's too bad. No, I don't think he's fine. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like he, he's now, like his thing, still great and everything. I feel like just watching Silence of the Lambs is this creepy character who's portrayed. And I feel like now it's him being like, I'm, I'm playing this character again. So now I'm going to be extra Hannibal. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a few, I can't, I can't give specifics. Just with him talking, I feel like it's different than the first film. I feel like it's much more, Things are a bit more exaggerated and just a bit more. Oh, I'm an eccentric killer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Could just be me. I mean, but. I feel like he's. He, I. I didn't. I never noticed that. I never had that feeling. I mean, he's, he's in the real world as well, so he's trying to be a bit more like a normal person. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So it's like he's, and he, but he can't deny who he is either. So that's just how I took it as. Like he's a lot more. What yeah. comes off as just kind of like a bit weird is like, well, he's just trying to be normal or he's trying to blend in rather than commenting on how, you know, you used to listen to the screams of lambs getting slaughtered when you were a child, didn't you? <laughs> it's like you can't yeah. just you can't use you can't use that as an icebreaker at a party. People look at you funny. True, true, true. So instead he just wear he just wears that big hat and makes a couple of quips. And buys buys perfume from a certain a hand cream from only only a place that only only three three stores. <laughs> the only place it. in the world that sells that <laughs> hand cream. It's oh. an exclusive. How did you guys feel um, about the dinner scene? Uh, you know, it's the, essentially the end of the movie. He feeds Ray Liotta his own brain. 
zero to a hundred holy crap yeah that scene was nuts yeah i i think that was the yeah, only uh, the saving scene in this movie is the only thing i really enjoyed in it i think yeah it is funny i had um I had eaten a lot of lasagna for dinner before that, for watching oh. that movie. And it, it's it's the only time I've actually felt a little bit sick watching something. I was just like, because I still felt a bit sick from all the dinner. I was like, oh, no. And I had to just pause it for a minute and be like, what's happening right now? I, that, um, seems, that seems nuts. <laughs> yeah. Really disturbing. It's it's so disturbing. Like him cutting a bit off it, it, put it in the frying pan next to him and then feeding it to him. And like, oh, it to him. <laughs> really good. And just this blood like dripping down his head. And yeah. like, you, you can just tell like he's losing the color in his skin. Like he's just looking sick. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's messed up. I do like his little quips, um, Hannibal's where he's just like, like I said, if you can't keep up with the conversation, don't join at all. Like, <laughs> shut up. I'm talking to Clarice here. Stop it. And then you have the best scene at the very end where the kid asks for something. Yeah. Oh my God, it's man. to try new things. <laughs> like mother always said. Oh. And then it like goes all dark and zooms in on just one of his eyes and like yeah. the credits start rolling. I'm just like, oh, yeah. man. So why know. did he cut his own arm off and not Clarice's? Because he escaped. Hmm. Because, yeah, it's... I don't want to know. Again, the show kind of delves into this a bit as well. Oh, does it? I mean, I, I, get, with, I get the sense that he he's, he sees her as just doing her job, I suppose. I think there's just this weird sort of, un, like there's an unspoken bond for some reason. Mm. And like he sees her as, I don't think they ever go too deep into it. In oh, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But there's just that sense like, you know, at the end of Silence, he says, um, the world's more interesting with you in it. So it's just this weird sort of obsession where he's like, I will never kill you because I'm just interested in you. Yeah. And and that's kind kiss. of a vibe of, What's that? How do you feel about the kiss? Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. That was, that was really <laughs> but I guess that same thing is this, this, it's meant to be this weird, like, paternal, but also romantic, but also yeah. obsessive. And I mean, you know, you can't find a reason in a cannibal's behavior. So I, I kind of like. I think it feels it's nice that it's like he's not going to do that to her because she's so important to him for some bizarre reason. But how does he keep escaping? Like <laughs> the cops are amazing. coming in, he cuts his hand off, gets across this river, and then he's just on a plane, just like da da da. Like I'm traveling abroad again. Like I just, oh, it's yeah. like I don't know. There was got, helicopters and everything flying around. Man, there was he's got the resources stuff. to get on a plane, cook his own own meal. Like, yeah, it's not like he's just stumbled on there just in time or anything like that. Like he was planned and ready to go. Yeah, and yeah. even in Italy, like he hangs a man from the balcony. He yeah. waves and it, then gets he out. Waves <laughs> <it> a camera <laughs> and just walks out. And no one catches on live him. TV. What did you guys think of that? It's, it's pretty brutal. dumb. I think pretty much everything but in Italy was stupid. It is. Yeah. It's just like yeah. It's like I don't know. Everyone can see you there. There's a camera filming you. And like I, I do like Mason Virgin being like, is he waving hello or <laughs> or, or oh, bye or hello? But um, but, um yeah, it's, it's nice just... having those those moments where it's like his intestines just fall out. Like, mm. Oh, this is it's like there's brutal. a handful of gory moments in it that are again like yeah. you kind of forget about them. They happen. They're shocking. The pigs. Yeah, pigs, pigs just eating pigs. people, man. Like, oh, them, can't trust pigs, man. Them, no, I don't. <laughs> them, pre, them, them bringing him in here with like just his feet bare. It's just like this creepy imagery, and it's just like, oh god, this is gonna be messed up. But it's how that they put like the people screaming, the recording of screaming to like to ramp them up. Yeah. Like, ah, like, yeah, yeah boys. I'm like that. Dinner <laughs> time. That's really disturbing, right? I love it that. is, and then like eating out of like the. 
like the the doll on the car at the, near the mm. start of the film. Like it's just like you could tell there's like meat inside the holes of the doll. Oh, it's just all messed up, man. It's, it's just all gross. It's creepy. And Mason Verge is just like, how's the pigs? It's like, ah, oh, disturbing. <laughs> oh, I love Mason Verge so much. So creepy, man. What so creepy. Char- what a character. All right, so should we move on to the final movie, Red Dragon? Uh, I meant to get a summary up for this, and I didn't. Hold on. Brett Ratner takes to the screen. Brett Ratner. For some reason, the man we have done the most movies of, uh, once again, we'll put out the disclaimer that he seems like a massive scumbag and we do not support anything he does. And he just he... remade a Michael Mann film. But he does make a lot, a lot of trilogies for some reason. And somehow made a film better than a Ridley Scott one in this trilogy. So there you go. It's true. It's pretty gnarly. A retired FBI agent with psychological gifts is assigned to help track down the Tooth Fairy, a mysterious killer. Aiding him is imprisoned forensic psychiatrist Dr. Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. Mm. I enjoyed this. I really liked this movie. I, look, it's not on. Really you know, it's not. Like? It's not Fun. Silence of the Lambs, but it's. Uh, I like Edward Norton, and I don't. Edward we don't Norton. see much of him anymore. We don't, hey. He. I mean, apparently, he's kind of a nightmare to work with. He wants to rewrite everything, but you know, so he. He's an auteur. He um he brings back what Jodie Foster did with the first film to have this like strong lead character that's not Hannibal as well, like this mm. secondary one. I feel like number two didn't accomplish that. Um, and to have him there, I, I I really like the intro with him and Hannibal, like when he's sort of, you know, talking to him and he's like, oh no, this guy eats them, you know, and he's like putting it together and like their confrontation, him getting stabbed and it's like, oh God, this is brutal. Like yeah. Yeah. it's a really cool intro. Yeah. It is good. It's, it's funny how similar this is to silence. Like it, it is very, very similar. It's almost the same narrative, which, which is okay. Like, I don't hate that for this thing where, again, it's that just having Lecter as the constant recurring voice of it, like insight. And so you just sort of yep. got a new character coming, so there's a new killer. Like that, that functions well. Um, but at the same time, I do feel a lot like <laughs> Brett Ratner doesn't deserve the praise here. He kind of just copied two films that already exist. and was like, let's just make them again somewhat worse. Like this is not even, this can't no. hold a candle to silence. But you're right, because of this, the, the nature of that narrative, I think it works really well. It's just, there's a good, there's a good propulsion. Just having their dynamic is always really fascinating. And what's it, Francis Dolohide is a, a really interesting villain, like a nice, um, yeah. mm. like equally psychopathic, but a lot more contained than Buffalo Bill. And so it's just, it's different to see. And I love all the weird like body shit, like he's twisting with the tattoos and he's yeah. eating the painting and stuff. It's really, yeah. it's really eating interesting. The painting. <laughs> yeah. like, how do you eat canvas? Like, I don't know. There's something weird about him eating the painting, but. Very weird. Sorry, just to go back to the beginning. I really enjoy the opening dinner too. He's like, oh, what happened to that guy who can't play the flute for shit? <laughs> and we're like, what is this meat? Oh, I have... You wouldn't eat it if I told you. It's, yeah. uh, I don't know. There's something real. I, I, that's a much better Hannibal in public than Hannibal in a big hat tours Italy. Yes, yes. It's, yeah, like, oh, this guy's a bad music player. I'm going to cook him and feed him <laughs> for the rest of the orchestra. Oh, yeah. it's great. It's 
great. It tells you everything about his character as well, though. It's like he he just believes in the finer things. Yeah, yeah. And he, he has a standard that if you don't live up to, he he kills you. And he's also just like, I want to mess with people and feed them food, <laughs> like feed them flesh. Is that is that ponytail a finer thing though? Oh, uh, when I saw that, I I had my I vomited my brains back <laughs> up. It's <laughs> like, what? never wear that again. Um, before we get into most of the movie so like do you feel like because it's so similar to the first one it kind of does this weird thing since it leads so directly like literally it ends with like oh she's down the hall it's like he's just finished this escapade and he's just like okay here's another one of the exact same scenario but like the way they talked him up in the first one it's like he barely talks he doesn't talk to anyone he doesn't he doesn't talk to our cops or anything Ignore this whole thing where he just exactly, spoke to Will yeah. Graham for like the last three months, and this we let him out and do he did this thing and did this thing. Like it's it changes the narrative of that and makes it feel a bit mismatched. But it un- yeah, it undermines silence a little bit. It also feels weird that they then like in in silence let him out and let him talk to the the senator. It's like no, yeah. this dude has just done terrible things again. Like. Yep. Stop. Yep. we can't let him out he's like it's not like he's been locked away for 30 years and it's like oh maybe he'll be okay now maybe we can let him come out and ask her about breastfeeding her children like yeah <laughs> no this, this dude's just just finished doing bad things don't don't let him he out he just sent a, a cop's address to this guy who went to yeah. murder his, this dude's family that was messed up i uh, think they, i think they like that's a rewrite i think it's it's really like like a cute nod to be like hey remember silence guys this is where like yeah it's really yeah. i don't think that's how the chronology is meant to go it's meant no. to like, this case is meant to happen a long time i think before yeah silence but um yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah it's really stupid I, that happened i was like oh man I, i'm checking out um but that's the thing with the the crime scenes and everything the mirrors in the eyes and everything and the the kids, it's it's really creepy, and it feels really like, oh god, this dude's this dude's messed up. And, and what are they? Yeah. They, don't, they call him? Do they call him a squirter? They call him something because he leaves behind bodily an excreter. Fl- an excreter. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so. Uh, it's, it's, it's very creepy. <laughs> the fact that they keep calling him the tooth fairy as well, and it just angers him. Like he's just like, <laughs> I'm a dragon. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, hmm. Freddie Lance. Awesome to see him. Like. So good to see him again, yeah. Um, meets an unfortunate end, obviously, but um Best scene of the movie? Mm, the, fl- very, the flaming wheelchair. It is a very good scene. I did very much enjoy it, yes. So good. <laughs> just because Val checks there. Just <laughs> like reacted. A little, a little just random dude just reacted like oh. <laughs> a, a little bit. It's a great cast, great choice. But um it's just such a weird scene. Who expects to see a wheelchair with a body wipe mm. on fire? No yeah. one, that's who. Dragon burnt him, man. Dragon burnt him. It's, it's pretty dope. Did you guys um? Did you like? Sorry, I forgot my train of thought. Ralph Fiennes' dong. To... Yes, we got to see <laughs> Voldemort's, Voldemort's penis. <laughs> what do we to... need in life? We finally get to see more male nudity. Uh, Ralph Fiennes. I really enjoyed him in this movie. I like you say, like his Good, contortion yeah. around his, you know, his uncomfortableness in his body. There's something you believe he believes he's a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a man's body. It's like, yeah, unsettling, unsettling. Um, yeah, and the girl's really... great too. And you're always worried about her. Yeah, the blind yeah, girl. Awesome. Yeah, she's really. It does bring a lot. What did you guys think of Edward Norton's like kind of suit, almost supernatural ability? 
like they kind of hint at it, right? It's like you, you're the only one who's got this talent. You can you can empathize with people so much that you can see what happened. And like it's not um in the show they do it a lot more, but in you know he's like that's why they need him because like you can just understand people so much more than anyone else. And it's this weird kind of like he is the only, like it's again it's not quite supernatural, but it's like he's got this power almost that lets him be the best damn detective in the world. Like you know, it'd be go? detective vision in a video game. He'd be exactly like, right. Like that's how it would translate. He could see clues everywhere because they highlight yellow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, a nice contrast because, like, Hannibal's always the smartest guy in the room, right? Like, he's he's always the guy. He knows everything. He only has to read those reports, and he knows exactly who's done it. You know, every every facet of their personality. It's kind of nice to have. And I mean, Clarice is not that different either. Like, she's she's very capable despite being kind of naive. But yeah, I just feel I, like I always just got the impression that he's an incredibly capable detective, um, and he's not like smart like Hannibal, but he's got that you know that detective nous that works well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I like the like, and it happens with Lecter. Like it teeters on the border of of fantasy almost, where it's like, yeah. how can someone be this good at killing and eating people? <laughs> and the same way, it's like, how can this detective be this good at? knowing what people are thinking but um i don't know in the universe i guess it all kind of works well where it's just it's slightly heightened Mm. but um yeah edward norton really great actor like he's always it's always really good to see him i feel like i haven't seen him in ages like i kind of miss i don't know i love fight club fight club is like one of my favorite movies ever and that's right to not have much edward norton in my life anymore feels bad yeah, he's very much like a, I think he considers himself a real, like say an auteur. Mm. So he's really only done a handful of stuff. He's just, I don't know, he picks his projects and all the projects he's picked have been pretty crap. So I don't know. Recently, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the going back to Philip Seymour Hoffman, like them using him to write all this stuff to trigger the dragon. Just like, oh, yeah, incestuous. Um, he does this and. <laughs> Had this happen to him, and Philip Seymour was just like, "Oh, that's some, that's some good shit." Just writing it all down. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, just like, "Yeah, no, this guy is definitely going to come out to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> going to send him over the edge." Um, he glues him to the board, like this, the chair. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm, He's like, gl- right. all his skins glued to it. It's just like, oh, that's uncomfortable. It's messed up, but. He's so yeah, he's so greasy, and like he really just plays that sleaze bag well. Like he's unshaven. Yeah. Yeah, clothes yep. are a mess. It's like you can tell he's just this hack journalist. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's... Did you guys expect the crime scenes to be a bit more like confronting? I feel like this was the safest of the movies, right? I don't really. Yeah, there was in no some like, ways. there was no face eating scenes. There was no crazy gore. Like there we see him of... eat Philip Seymour Hoffman's face, but we don't. You don't see it. It's just like yeah. In fact, yeah, no, it's, kind of, it's, it's very much like, oh, this is, you could go watch this at the cinema and that's just like a normal, yeah. Yeah, yeah crime thriller. Yeah. Yeah, I, like even the crime scenes, like the idea of the mirrors in the eyes is really creepy. And But we don't, does he actually ever tour the scene with them there though? Like he's only looking at photos, right? Like it doesn't feel. No, you never see, you never actually see what that looks like and you never see, yeah, you only ever see like there's the, it shows some blood on the walls. Yeah, but that's that's it. You never see anything more. Yeah, he's always he's, he's kind of looking at cold cases, I suppose, and it's not doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if the, I don't I didn't look into it if there's a rating thing or not, but 
I was always waiting for like the you know like the brain eating scene or something. I was waiting yeah. for something big to happen. And That's a good point. Yeah, it really lacked that. You're right. Yeah, but if, it's probably why this one feels like like I said at start. Like this one's like a fun film. Like it it kind of didn't feel as like heavy or like this like disgusting sick film to watch. Like mm. didn't have no Mason yeah. Verger. Didn't have no pigs eating people or lobotomies yeah. and stuff like that. So it felt more like oh, this is a fun buddy cop sort of like detective thriller <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> It definitely feels more like just a crime film, right? Like a yeah. very standard sort of detective story, which isn't a bad thing, but um, I don't know. I think I associate it with like the horror elements and it doesn't have as much of that. No, um, you're right. I know. Speaking of the the awkward political realm of the first film, what did you guys think of this? Because it sort of deals again with a similar thing here, right? Where he's got the, the reconstructed lip. And they talk about him one scene. It's like he he considers himself a freak because he's had to have this. And they talk a little bit about that where it's like he's this. They don't call him this hideous monster, but like it's his character is meant to be this guy who sees himself as hideous because he's deformed. And I mean, well, it's that's not his Nan who was a, doing hmm. a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. It's um, it's weird because obviously like. I know he believes he's a dragon in a man's body. Like <laughs> he's become, he's becoming the dragon. He's, he's a dragon. Becoming yet. a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just that tattoo is kind of sick. It is. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, good. Don't get ideas. Don't start whipping. Uh, your dog. Don't start whipping your dong out and I might, running I might. around. Um, no, but um, that's the thing. The whole thing with the home videos as well, but is is creepy, and he's like. Getting it on with the blind girl, or just watching Will Graham's yeah. home, home movies. It's very voyeuristic, very creepy. Yeah, very yeah. creepy. Um, I, I sort of caught on earlier. I was just like, "Why did all these people have these home movies?" Of like, <laughs> like surely there's some cracked the case, here. Luke. I know. To such how cheesy they are, like the adventures with the whoever they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like starring mum. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> people made this. Yeah. Um. But they totally they got me again. Same as like the with the face in the first one. Like they they fooled me. I thought he killed himself in the fire. I was like, oh shit, he just shot nah, himself. I was like, oh man, that was so anticlimactic. There's got to be. I like had another, that thought too. I was like, oh wow, that's that's really how they ended the Red Dragon. I was like, that's not really yeah. threatening at all. Um, and then there's the whole hospital scene. I'm just like, oh no, it was Ralph's body all along. <laughs> Poor, Poor Ralph, Ralph. He's trying oh, to get laid. Good. He got shot in the head. But no, no, no. Um, the whole showdown at his house is kind of the hostage situation with the kid. Oh, oh and the hostage situation with the kid. Like, that was. But him, know, like, insulting his son. His son? Yeah. Oh, man. That's that was, yeah. horrible, man. Like, yeah. it's so brutal. And, like, you'd, you'd think, like, the first thing you're saying to the kid when you're running away from the dude, like, sorry, I didn't mean that. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. But yeah. that kid's just, that's a cool memory for that kid. He's never forgiven. Yeah, yeah. I, I just kept thinking, like, what if Edward Norton dies here, like, and that's the last thing he said to his son? I know. Like, that's yeah, that's rough. That's real rough. I'd but I do like it. That. I'd love to see that as like an explored story, right? Because they talk about that in both of them, where they're like, these people weren't born criminal or weren't born murderers; they were made this way by years of trauma. Yeah, and it would have been an interesting idea to just have that, like, that trauma scars his son, and what does that do to his, his son's What's names? That? Migs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> yeah, but nah, I, I don't know. I would have, I wouldn't have hated the ending if Edward Norton died. Like it's a sadder Ooh. ending, but I, I think, I don't know. Do you think he should have lived? He gets no, shot yeah. like five he times gets shot in the a chest, lot. and he's already been stabbed real nastily. I, I like that, like that he still sits there, keeps shooting because he's like trying to save his family. He yeah. keeps getting shot and just shooting, shooting, shooting blindly, um, and then she. Put, like puts the final bullet in him, but yeah, maybe it would have been a better thing because it it just ends up like oh, happy ending, and it's like kind of like why does he never get mentioned again then? In the, like you'd think someone would have brought it up to Clarice or yeah, something. She's like, like oh, maybe you should go see him, and he's he's dealt with looked at. He knows like, he knows about Hannibal a lot. Gets some like, advice. Yeah, he's on a boat somewhere. He's on. You cannot be tracked down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I mean though. Like the ending feels really. It kind of goes just to a very Happy. classic, like typical Hollywood mm. ending. There's the showdown, the villain and the hostage, and then, yeah, he kills him and he's fine. And, the uh, ending we should have got was him dead and it cutting years later to his son being like, <laughs> like getting all weird. I mean, he's a big, I don't know. He's, like, he's based in Verger or something. And he actually eats Red Dragon. Like, that oh, would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that's messed up. But, um, yeah, it's... I, I enjoy this film. Like it, I, I had fun watching the film, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, that was good." And like you said, Edward Norton, he's always mostly tops. Sometimes. You like his bleached, his bleached tips? I, I do. I dig it. <laughs> Very two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, I could, but he can, he yeah. can. Yeah, it's Harvey Keitel's really good as uh, Jack in this. He is. He is good. I think. Like I really like Scott Glenn in the first one in Silence. I think he's just yep. got the best. He's got the perfect voice for it. I can't even remember who plays him in the second one, um, in Hannibal. But then Harvey Keitel comes in. Like Harvey Keitel's really good. He can because there's a lot of Jack Crawford in this one. So you need someone who can really, I think, hold his own and mm. hey, probably he, he can do that the most. Do you know who Jack Crawford is in the Hannibal show? I do not. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a great good casting. Show. I must watch that show. Yeah. I want to go back and watch it. So we'll do a podcast about the show too. <laughs> the official Hannibal TV show podcast. There's long-standing rumors that they're going to bring it back for a fourth season. Yeah, but you know, um, I'm glad I watched these films. Like these were like a blotch on my record of movie watching and all that. That I've never seen any of these films, but I'm glad I have now. Hmm. Yep. And yep, no, like, I agree. otherwise, all I would have had on is the Joe Dirt references and Cable Guy. I've I've been quoting Silence of the Lambs so much of my life. Like I've, I always say like, "Oh, hello, Clarice. It's good to see you again." But I've <laughs> never who, who do you film. say that to? Yeah, people randomly. You have, you have Clarice. When I have chicken in your on Clarice, my face, Clarice. Whenever I put chicken on my face, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Cable if guy. I ever, if I ever met someone named Clarice, that's all I would do. Hundred percent. Hello, Clarice. Like that's like, silence is so influential. Like all these movies parody it. Um, like yeah, Simpsons are parodying it. Every time that song "Goodbye Horses" plays, it's usually parodying this movie somehow. Like it's yeah. just yeah. There's a great it's... scene in the office where Dwight cuts off the face off the the, um, the resuscitation <laughs> mannequin and wears it. Best yep. episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, Joe Dirt with Buffalo Bob. <laughs> that was my first exposure to it as well. Yep, it's it's basically like a one for one recreation, and he's pretty, just like pretty much. I cannot remember anything about Joe Dirt. I must admit, he um he lowers him. He's like, 
so Joe Dirt's there and he's just like, do you have do you have what I asked for? And he's like, oh, here, have it. It's just like a copy of Auto Trader, like a car magazine. He's like, yeah. He's <laughs> a car magazine in the bottom of the hole. Oh, God. Yeah. Real dumb. Real dumb. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Anything. So I think pretty clear order. Silence of the Lambs, the best yeah. film. Red Dragon, Red Dragon. And then Hannibal. Can makes me, makes me shudder to think that Brett Ratner made a better film, but yeah. 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 Hopefully, that, hopefully this is the last Brett Ratner movie we have to do. I don't know what else we could do. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't think he's involved in any other trilogies, as far as I can. Quick look at his filmography. I, I don't think he has anything else coming up <laughs> anytime soon. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's not going to make any new trilogies. What kind of looks that up? Uh, did you know that Christopher Reeves was supposed to play um, the guy in the wheelchair in the second movie? You guys know his name. I don't know his name. Mason Verger. Yeah, Mason Verger. Oh, that would have been perfect would have been interesting but then he found Reeves out was in the wheelchair yeah then he found out he was a disfigured child molester and he's like nah i don't want any part of that <laughs> yeah fair enough Wait, i can understand it to an extent i don't know gary oldman has no gary problem. oldman was like sign me up for that shit <laughs> as long as you cover up my face i'm unrecognizable yeah like can we just say again like he's so scary Mason Verge like the prosthetics on his face and just like his eyes look all yeah like his tongue and like his right eye is dead like, when she's like up close to him and then the light turns on and like what um is that I just for it's just for dramatic <laughs> reveals I had that thought too look at me um <laughs> it's just to scare uh, Cordwell Cordwell every time but um that's why Cordwell killed him because he just keeps doing that he keeps <laughs> like ah! Come turn closer. the light on turn the light like... on <laughs> um. Uh... I do like the line. I'll just we're going back to Hannibal for a second, but I do like the line that he says where he's like, "Oh, you shied, you didn't shy away from my face, but you shied at the name of God or something like that." That's a cool line. Cool That's line. That's a good line. That's a real good yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. I think no, also, bro, I like, no more bro now. No, there's nothing. He's done. Good. I mean, he's, done. he made Hercules, so we could we could try to tie that into something <laughs> um, if we want to. I think but, we're good. Um, I still think of like the influence of silence is so perv- not perverse. It's so extensive. Like we talked about it when we did the Batman, how that scene where he goes to see the Riddler and the cut scene where he goes to see Joker are both just like, this is the Hannibal Lecter thing. He's going mm. to see the psychopath. Yeah. And that in itself is almost a trope now, right? You go and see the, the only person who's worse than who you're trying to catch. Yeah, to help get in the mind of a madman. Like that's brilliant. And that'll last forever. I think so. Yeah. Well, even like the, the well-spoken, serial killer like that wasn't a thing before Hannibal mm. right like that mm. was invented yeah. by Hannibal um, no you're right yeah they were all but, just like mindless murderers but that's almost what they are like that's that's almost what you expect out of like you expect the charismatic bad guy now almost like yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's interesting true. how it's changed things is um so obviously there's been more Hannibal stuff like there was a, another Hannibal movie yeah Hannibal, Hannibal Rising, Rising. Hannibal Rising. Which, which is also based off a book. There was a fourth book, I realized. Yeah, so um, I looked at the books today and the, he wrote he wrote the first two, like one the first one in the seventies, second one in the eighties, and then he didn't write the third one, which was which is what um Hannibal is based on. Hannibal, yeah. Until like nineteen ninety six or something. So he wrote it way later. Okay. I, wonder, I don't know. Movie. Yeah, I wonder if there was, you know, oh people are into this into this series now. Let's yeah. write another book. I didn't realize, but I think Silence of the Lambs, the book, was actually like a really big deal. It was, yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, he probably that happened. He's like, well, I might as well. Because Hannibal Rising is like a prequel following him as like a post-World War II survivor. 
and seems mm. really like a, a different direction, right? Like it doesn't seem like a um, it doesn't seem anything like the other content. No, it's, no, it's like the all. birth of a sort of madman. So that sounds like a cash grab to me. Could um, I was just gonna ask, could we get a Hannibal movie now with Anthony Hopkins as oh, old he's, Hannibal? He's so old though. Yeah, I don't think he's so. still great in Westworld. He was great in Westworld. He, he is old the, though. He is yeah, old. I always, I always he feel was, like he, he he can't quite deliver his lines in the same way because he's so old. Yeah, and I don't Fair mean enough. that as a slight. I literally mean that he like he talks a lot slower and because. He... Who, do, who do you cast as the new Hannibal? Mads is Mads is unavailable. Oh, what? Oh no! <laughs> Are we young Hannibal or old Hannibal? Hannibal Middle in age. Silence of the Lambs. So we're remaking Silence. Of the Lambs. Remaking Silence of the Lambs. Similar age Hannibal. I'm trying to think, who's my favourite actor? Who's getting old now? Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh my god, that would be nuts. <laughs> he has the intensity. He does have the intensity. You're right, dude. I'm sold. I'm sold on it. There'd be a lot more of like he's running after them. <laughs> there'd have to be scenes of that. That's... He's like a free range prisoner. He's just kept on an oval. Side no, it'd be that. It'd be that thing he walks that circle he walks around in Red Dragon. But it'd be just <laughs> Tom Cruise just... running full time around, around and around and around till the chain just breaks. <laughs> oh, um. Geez. Syria, Vigo Mortensen. He's, he's got the kind of... He's creepy in some films. He, and like, Yeah, he does have hmm. the creepiness, actually. Um, he's intense. He's suave. He can be very charming. He's got the grey slicked hair back hair. I think what I would want to see, though, is I'd want to see someone who had been... Like, Vigo's dealt with that. Like, he's played creepy sickos before. I would want to yeah. see an actor who's mostly, like, a good guy. And I want to see him come in and, like, blow us all away with that. Chris, Chris Pratt, like Robert Downey Jr. or something, right? Yeah. Even though he's yeah, he come see him come in and like we didn't expect him to do. I would want to see that. From... Too bad, guys. It's Benedict Cumberbatch or Keanu Reeves. Keanu, Keanu oh, Reeves? he couldn't do it, man. No, Keanu can't a... do it. He doesn't he have the chops. He brings a different. He brings a different charisma. It'd be an interesting Hannibal, that's for sure. It'd be a very interesting Hannibal. Will Ferrell. Not oh comedy Will Ferrell, like serious Will Ferrell. Drama Will Ferrell. So if I'm like that, like Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey, like these big comedy mm. actors. Jim Carrey could do it. Seeing them come in to do it would be great. John C. Riley, I reckon he could do it. Yeah, he's got serious chops. He does. Ni- Nicolas Cage. No, Ooh. I don't think so. <laughs> I love Nick Cage, but I love Nick Cage. I don't think he could do Hannibal. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for the podcast. Next week, we're finally doing the new Thor movie. What is it called? Yes. Thor: Love and Love and Love Thunder. And Thunder. Actually, that's who should be in it. Christian Bale. I mean, it's actually like over all over again, but yeah, be, could do it well. He would bring. He could bring that good energy. Actually, that American Psycho energy. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, join us for Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by The Taste of Iron, a book by our very own C.V. Clark. It's All very, right, very good. Lecter here. Yes. <laughs> Give it a read. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to us talk about movies, you'll like hearing us talk about games. We have a podcast called Bonus XP. You can find it at Bonus XP on all of your favorite podcast apps. We are at Good, Bad, Worst. And thank you for joining us.